And guys, we should be live. Welcome to live stream. It is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. I am your host, Robert Keats. Thank you, everybody, for joining the program. Appreciate all of you guys being here. As you can see, I'm not in my normal location today. I'm just out helping some friends. So different background, but still the same gold silver pros. Appreciate everyone being here. We'll do a real quick sound check. Welcome to sound is good. We've got a poll up, guys. And for today, we're going to talk about what organs collapse means for precious metals. And I'll tell you what the organ collapse looks like. And then we'll talk about what the effect I think that that's going to be on the precious metals. The poll question is, would you live in Portland in its current form or format, if you will? 82% uh, of you are saying no or yes with body art. <laughs> tongue-in-cheek uh, option I put there for you. I remember, uh, Super Chats are open if you want to grab my attention, and uh, because we always, during the live streams, do a Q&A session. So if you want to ask a question and, and get an answer from me, you, the easiest way to do it is a Super Chat, which does help the program, and I'll try to spend some time in the chat as well and answer any questions that you may have. Okay, I think we are ready to go. Everything is set up, so getting to uh, the presentation. No or yes with body Cheek, uh, Sorry about that. Uh, mute wanted to come off on the, the other side of the stream. Okay, here we go. We are going to talk about what the heck is going on with Oregon. So as we look at Oregon, um, there are definitely some issues going on. As you can see here, we have 13 counties, I believe, that have voted officially. And this is a Zero Hedge article. They have officially voted to leave Oregon, and those counties are the ones in blue. So they got together, uh, the city leaders got together. Uh, I'm sure there were a lot of people involved in each case, and they said, you know what, let's let's just go join Idaho and let's make something called Greater Idaho. And there's another one, Wallowa, the yellow one here on the chart that's, that wants to do it as well. So we're actually seeing civic leaders say, we don't want to be a part of what's going on in Oregon, specifically Portland, and I'll get to that in just a moment. So what we want to do is actually join Idaho because they're not quite... Uh, they're not as as dangerous to us. And it it kind of makes sense because over here in the Portland area, you're going to have your higher concentration population. A lot of this is going to be a little bit lower concentration population, probably more aligned with the ideology of their next door neighbor, Idaho, I would imagine. And so that's probably uh, a lot of what's behind, you know, the potential move and the interest in moving. They're not and but it's interesting to see. And I wonder how many more states are going to do something like this, where basically they say, you know, we're getting out of Dodge because you guys, uh, this whole situation is dangerous to us. And, you know, we don't want it to be a part of that. So why why, why are, have 13 counties with a 14th potentially voting to form a new state around Idaho and call it Greater Idaho? Well, it could be this. If you look at the crime rates, uh, I just went to Neighborhood Scout and I've, I've looked at a lot of different crime reporting. It's basically the same. They see a Portland is very dangerous. In fact, there are certain areas that are so dark that it's the most dangerous you could possibly have according to the criteria. And if you scroll down and look at crime statistics, this is the one that really sticks out. Portland is safer than 1% of cities in the U.S. In other words, they are at the very bottom in terms of safety of any city in the United States. And if you, we're going to go through in a minute, look at their crime statistics, they have a lot of violent crimes and property crimes and crime rate per, per thousand residents is what we really want to pay attention to because it allows you to compare apples to apples with other uh, cities and states. And if you look at violent crime comparison within state, Portland is more than double the overall average for Oregon, hence why I think a lot of Oregonians don't want to go the, the direction of Portland and they want to join Greater Idaho instead. Because if you look at Idaho crime statistics, they're they're very low in comparison to Portland. 
So Portland has had an increase in violent crimes. If you look at uh, violent crimes per thousand, Portland's at 0.13 for murder, which is double the national rate. At rape, it's not too much higher, although it is. It's 0.51 to 0.43. And then robbery is almost three times. It's two, you know, maybe 0.8 times or so. And then assault is almost twice as high as well. So the more violent stuff has gone up uh, across the board with murder and assault and robbery really going up the most. And I imagine as the, the city struggles with income, it makes total sense that robbery is the one that increased the most percentage-wise compared to where it was before and compared to the rest of the state. And if you look at prop property crime comparison, you see here Portland's much higher than the rest of Oregon. And if you look at the totals for property rate, Portland is more than double and maybe two, point, two and a quarter times the rate of property crimes burglary than is across the United States. They're almost very close triple theft. So like I said, it all has to do with economics. That's why you got burglaries and theft. Yes, the violence is going to go up as people struggle and, and conflict increases. And that is a secondary or add-on effect of the economic, though. I think the economic, you can see the numbers are higher. That's where it started first. Motor vehicle theft is ridiculous. It's four and a half maybe times uh, in Portland what it is across the United States. And if you look at Portland crimes per square mile, you're looking at a factor of about almost five times as much total crimes per square mile in Portland than there is in the rest of Oregon. So Portland right now is basically burning. Rome is burning and it's a big mess. And I'm about to show you guys some local reports of what's going on. The media is being very explicit here. It's gotten so bad that you're going to hear from local residents and how bad it is. And there, there's one gentleman who's been here running um, a service for 40 years. And he's like, yeah, this is by far the worst we've ever seen it to the point of where he's just hoping something catches and it revert trend reverses. But I, you can tell uh, listening to him, he doesn't just have just a tremendous amount of uh, hope that that's actually going to happen. So let's get back to that. Here's a video. Uh, oh, I, before we do that, one other point I want to make before we get into the videos, Walmart is closing its final two stores in Portland due to theft. And I, I brought up the article from Daily Mail. It's all over the news. Walmart's pulling out of Portland. It's so bad, they're just closing their stores. And uh, this next video, we're going to talk about that. This is from Fox 12 in Oregon, local media covering Walmart's departure from Portland, which shines a light on rampant property crime. Of these two videos I'm going to show you, they're about three minutes each, so about six minutes total. Uh, and I'll narrate you know, in between showing them to you. So we'll take a little bit of time investment. But I think if you see these reports, it really sort of drives home what's going on. Here we go. Last week, Fox 12 told you that Walmart is pulling its last two stores out of Portland and the move is now getting national attention. Yesterday, Governor Greg Abbott tweeted about it, saying in part, quote, this is what happens when cities refuse to enforce the rule of law. So we'll take a little bit of time investment, but I think over. if you see businesses can't operate in that environment and people can't live in it. Even though Walmart told you told that Walmart last week, there is no single reason for closing down the store. Fox 12's Connor McCarthy spoke with a business owner who says rampant crime sealed Walmart's fate and has reaction from a city commissioner tonight. Well, real businesses that I spoke with here on Southeast 82nd Avenue say that crime is dictating the future of this neighborhood. And when business owners heard that Walmart was closing, even though the company says for financial reasons, they interpreted that as an increase in crime like shoplifting. It's a neighborhood in Southeast Portland that business owner Daryl Hansen says has seen better days. The whole 80 seconds changed, you know, in the last 20 years, especially the last 10 years. It's really gone down here in the five years. Each year it keeps going down and down and down. More crime, more garbage. 
more homeless people, more drugs, you know, and there's no, nobody wants to help. Daryl has owned and worked out of his muffler shop on Southeast 82nd Avenue near the Eastport Plaza for nearly 40 years. Hearing Walmart is pulling out of his neighborhood a few blocks away isn't a shock to him. It hurts his community right here when they leave. A lot of people depended on that story. He blames Walmart's exit on the out-of-control crime in the area. He says he's watched businesses close and friends leave Southeast 82nd Avenue for similar reasons. I have a lot of friends. I've had friends I deal with before. They said, no, we're leaving for They've left. You know, and that's what Walmart, they left. The Eastport Plaza sits in the Lentz neighborhood and according to Portland Police crime data, between January 2022 and 2023, there were 147 burglaries, 634 personal property thefts, 424 car thefts, 53 robberies, and three stolen property offenses. Keep in mind, this is just what's been reported to Portland Police. Take a look at this U.S. post office on the north side of the Eastport Plaza near the Walmart. Every window is broken with plywood covering the damage and neighbors say it's been like this for weeks. Basically going through hell, you know, and, it, and, it's, and we're going through a really sad times that we have no support, no backup. Portland City Commissioner Renee Gonzalez represents the Lentz neighborhood of Portland. He sent Fox 12 this statement saying, quote, while it's critical to support local small businesses, Big box retailers offer an affordable option for working class families throughout the city, including East Portland. Rising crime and an inhospitable business climate have been too tough on Portland businesses. And we need to work harder and smarter as a city to keep employers and shopping options from leaving. Daryl says he's hoping something changes in the neighborhood surrounding his business because that hope in the business community is running out. If you go down all along and name people who've been here for a while, they'll tell you it's sad. They're, you know, they get mad, but what can they do? They get disgusted, you know, but then they decide and say, you know, I'm really sad for Portland. And real Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler also sent me a lengthy statement in response to the crime in this area and also Walmart closing and parts of it say that Portland police are still working to hire 300 more officers to address you know the crime in this city and also his office is connecting businesses with grants to help repair um, damage left by things like vandalism. But if you'd like to read his whole statement, you can head to our website, kptv.com. Reporting live in Southeast Portland, Connor McCarthy, Fox 12, Oregon. Oh, sorry, there we go. I was on mute. Uh, that's the first of the two local news reports covering what is going on. And of course, you can tell uh, that the city's basically reversing course on defunding the police and hiring more. I think the gentleman there said that they're going to hire 300 more. That's quite a few. And obviously, when you're losing business and losing revenue, city leaders are eventually going to have to do something. So you can have all the, the policies you want around defunding the police and allowing you know, people to speak up in rights and destroy businesses and post offices and things. But eventually, that's going to break your economy and people are going to pull out. And I think that's exactly... Uh, what's going on right now. And I think that's what the story really portends. And so we're going to go to our second video now. And this one uh, is a convenience store owner fed up with crime in downtown Portland. And just listen to the way that he discusses uh, what's going on and, and how long he's been there and what they're doing to prep for that. What they're doing to prep for that is very, very interesting. Let's listen in real quick on uh, what he is doing. Here's a look now at the number of shootings in Portland from over the last year. In 2022, there were nearly 1,300 shootings, just a few short of the 2021 record. 
However, more people got hurt last and year than what in they're previous doing. years. 393 in 2022 as compared to 391 in 2021. There were a total of 96 homicides last year, and that is up from 2021. Out of the homicides from last year, 78 involved a gun. Meantime, in Northeast Portland, an early morning shooting has damaged an apartment building. Portland police say they received reports of shots fired about 1.30 this morning on the 4200 block of Northeast Halsey Street. Officers say numerous shots were fired from a vehicle and hit the building. Nobody was hurt, and police say at this point, no one is in custody. Caught on camera, thieves targeting a local business in downtown Portland. The owner of Park Avenue Market in southwest Portland says he is fed up with the amount of crime that he's seeing in his neighborhood and the lack of action from city leaders. Fox 12's Connor McCarthy spoke to the owner and he joins us now to show us some shocking surveillance video that's become available. Connor? Well, Anna Yosef Jabari says that the same suspect came back twice this weekend to steal from his store. And this is not an isolated incident, he says, since the start of the pandemic. He's watched increase uh, all around his neighborhood, whether it's people stealing from his store, smashing windows, or assaulting his employees. He says that he no longer feels safe operating his business here in downtown Portland. It was all caught on camera. A man jumps over the counter at Park Avenue Market Friday night, grabbing merchandise and running off. And then Sunday night, the same thing happens again. A man jumps over the counter, grabs merchandise and runs off. Each time the cashier chases after him. It's not safe, you know, it's just, we try like, you know, be in the business, you know, open the door, you know, for, for our family and the neighborhood. But it seems like, you know, it's going bad every day. Yosef Jabari owns the market on Southwest Park and Clay. He says over the two decades he's worked in downtown after immigrating from Iraq, the last three years have been the worst when it comes to crime. This city it was a beautiful. Right now, it become like a, like a, a, just a bad, bad neighborhood. You can see it in his store. The frame surrounding the front door is full of pictures of those who've stolen or assaulted him and his employees. Last two years, two years and a half, you know, with the pandemic, we got hit like 11 times and uh, breaking the business in a different way and uh, we had the windows happen like uh, two weeks ago. Yosef feels Portland police aren't taking these types of crimes seriously. After this weekend, he says he's changed some policies for his store. I'm allowing my employee uh, carrying the gun, protecting the self, uh, self-defense. And uh, I used to not reckon the business, but you know, like now I, we don't have a choice. He says he wants a change in leadership in the city because he's watching businesses leave his neighborhood from the increase in crime. Yosef is hoping things will turn around. If not, he says the suburbs might be a better option to run a business safely. Every day I'm hoping like maybe, yeah, come on, this time, this time, next month, it's all the... Uh, promise you know you heard from the all the whoever the leader in this uh, state or the city uh, I'm just like all right you know maybe we have another chance but doesn't 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 do anymore well I did reach out to Portland police and they say that they responded to the 911 call in less than five minutes but I did follow up asking it to address some of Yosef's frustration and so far I have not gotten a statement on that question reporting live in southwest Portland to Connor McCarthy Fox 12 Oregon so there we go you have it straight from the horse's mouth the local media this year especially has been covering it quite a bit because honestly it's a big issue and essentially what you see happening because of all those reports and what's happening in Portland is the rest of the state is seeing that and the leaders are going oh hell no 
we're going to go join Idaho <laughs> to the point they're actually wanting to leave their state. This is huge. I, you know, we, we, we've seen kind of stuff like this earlier in American history, especially when we're going through the first 150 years. But if you look back, you know, even, you know, dating back to World War II in the beginning of the 1900s, I don't recall hearing so many uh, local and, and potentially state leaders saying, yeah, we just want to leave Dodge. So what does this mean for the precious metals? Well, I think what's coming is you're seeing the state, the uh, population within the United States start to fracture. You're, you're seeing the people that uh, are more in line with the policies around Portland and, and the harmful things that that can do economically and culturally. And then I think you see people who look at that and say, uh-uh, heck no. And so you're having this divergence. And it's possible we'll see some county, city, and state lines redrawn. But I think what that means for the precious metals is people are, not only are they going to reject some of the state and local policies, but I think they're going to reject state and local money as well, because they know that's what's going to feed the system. And I think people are starting to prepare with precious metals. A lot of people certainly may go to cryptos or other things as well, may develop their skills, you know, do the whole prepper uh, thing. We can make a checklist for that. But essentially, I think they're going to go gold and silver. And I think this is a boon for gold and silver. We've seen the gold backs, which are the current, the, uh, Paper currencies basically have uh, gold imbued in them worth basically a buck. And then, you know, you can trade those. We have those in several states. We have states doing their own depositories. We have, I think, is it 13 states now with a 14th coming that have removed taxes on gold and silver so that they can function as money. Some are explicitly saying so it can function as money. Some are just saying, oh, we're removing taxes. And I think what that is, is the state and local governments are basically, or especially local ones, are basically saying, hey, man, we, we, we want to... We don't necessarily want to be in the system, but we don't want to announce it yet. I don't think anybody really wants to come out and say, yeah, we're going to thumb our nose at the dollar. We're going to go to our own currencies because right now, politically, that would put them in a bind with uh, the federal level in, in terms of money that they may be receiving or you know, potential legal action, stuff like that. I think what's happening is a lot of states and local uh, municipalities have been doing this for a while, probably you know, 10 or 12 years, because we've certainly seen a lot of people talking about this in the last 10 or 12 years, especially since the last recession. I think a, a lot of them are gearing up for the eventual leaving of the dollar system and as well as that in tandem, the current uh, set of local, state, and federal laws. In other words, I think townships are not only gearing up to reject the dollar, I think they're gearing up to reject the existing laws on the books because we're operating outside the rule of law and they want the rule of law. People want the rule of law and along with rule of law goes sound money because without sound money, you can't have rule of law. We saw what happened, the establishment of the dollar in 1913, about 100 and what are we, 10 years past that and our economy is basically collapsing. We have riots, we have businesses being affected. And I think it's going to be a return to sound money. And I think the return to sound money is what's going to enable these free communities to exist. And so not only that, but um, it was interesting. I've been talking with several people. And one of the things that uh, we've been talking about just, you know, turning over our mind is the fact that um, I, I think the black market is, is already here, um, not only for precious metals, but for goods and services. Because you look, if you look at the employment statistics, you have the BLS coming out and saying we created 517,000 jobs, but it was a mathematical adjustment. There weren't actual or a formula adjustment to the numbers, to the math. It wasn't actually that many jobs. And so I think what's happening is the feds are trying to use the numbers because, because their measures don't accurately measure it. So they're just making up the gap by, you know, pressing a button on a computer, putting an input into a spreadsheet and saying, oh, it's all good. We actually created those jobs and they didn't. 
because the employment situation has gotten so bad that they don't want the public to know because they would panic. Think about that FDIC video I played a week or two ago where the FDIC was saying, yeah, we're going to crash. We want to tell the public because we panic. Well, state and local authorities are going to do the same thing, especially in cities and dense cities that have issues like Portland does, Detroit does, certain other areas of the country. They're not going to come out and say we're headed for the collapse because they don't want to panic people because that would make panic them, put them into gold and silver. People may quit their jobs. You may have issues with services, and, and they don't want to do that. But I think that's what people are starting to gear it for. And I think that black market economy is actually here, a gray market, if you want to call it. Black has such a negative connotation. I think what it is is the people saying, we're going to facilitate our own trade and businesses. We're not going to do it in the dollar system, and we're not going to do it in the existing political system. And if that means that we have to vote to leave our state so that we can get out of that, we're going to do it. And I think that's exactly what Oregon is doing. And I think you're going to see more states do it. I think more states, you may see counties in California do this. You may see counties and other economically ravaged and challenged areas that tend to have these uh, ultra liberal, I don't even know what to call them. They're not liberal, really. I don't, I'd call them Marxists. I don't even think it has anything to do with the Democratic Party or liberalism in general. Um, I think it has to do with like a Marxist communist bent for certain uh, elements that may not even be Democrats. I think they're just people that are bent on centralized control. And I think what we're seeing is people reject that. So I think it's going to be a boon for the precious metals big time. Um, I think that we're, the black market is here and people aren't re-entering employment with uh, employers because either the jobs aren't there, or they don't trust them, or due to inflation, it doesn't meet their cost of living. So they're establishing new businesses. They're routing goods and products. You know, think about the supply chain. How does the supply chain get solved? Can you solve it at the federal level? Not really. You can do some things to make some laws and loosen it up and facilitate some things, maybe even tax breaks or other fiscal measures. But the people that are going to solve the supply chain are the people that make the supplies, and that's people that make stuff. And that leads me to my last point. I think we're seeing the return of manufacturing to America. Now, America hasn't been a manufacturing nation in a long time, but I think you're going to see it because state and local communities need a way to support themselves outside of the dollar system that's going to collapse. And the service-based economy is not going to be here because enough people aren't going to have money. So either the service-based economy is going to shrink in terms of overall, or the prices are going to have to shrink or service levels are going to have to shrink because people aren't going to be able to afford it. And it's probably going to be a combination of all of those. And the black market economy is here. And I think people are unemployed know it. And it started, you know, with the gig economy, but I think it's gone beyond that. I think people now are setting up manufacturing facilities. I think they're setting up their own home daycare. I think they're setting up their own grocery stores. They're doing their own service services. They're making their own stuff. I have friends that are making precious metals and it's a really hard business. Why would you want to make precious metal when you have so many places you can get it? Because they believe in freedom and they know that we have to do it here or we may not have it. And my friends, Ian and Jim, you know, or with Silverback and with Arc Silver are doing that because they believe in manufacturing. They believe getting silver out to the people and that's why they're doing it. And I think you're seeing that across the nation. And it would not surprise me at all if people are building more and more businesses outside the system because they have no choice, because the system doesn't work. The system has failed them. It has failed them. It's not constitutionally sound. It's predatory. And at this point, you can't create wealth through money. You have to create wealth through labor and through uh, creation. Okay, You have to create something. You have to use natural resources to create something of value, put your labor into it to, to, to transform that product into something that somebody's going to want to buy. You can't just use financial structures to increase financial wealth because it's a Ponzi and it collapses. And that's where we are. We're in the collapse. And we're nearing the final stage of this collapse because you're starting to see this really come out inside the United States, okay? The United States is not a third world country. Is Portland right now resembling a third world country? Probably not quite, but getting very close. And I think certainly that's why some people want to move out. And I think we're going to continue to see this. And 
uh, last request I have for you guys, last thing I'll say here is that I do believe it would make sense uh, for you guys, if you're establishing your own businesses and you want to advertise those businesses, I think what we'll do is we'll start helping you on Gold Silver Pros. Um, so if it's a business that that you're running that, you know, of course, we're going to have to make sure it's legitimate. But if it's a business that you're running that provides value to the community and you're a small business and you have a challenge of advertising and finding your market and I can help you, send an email to robert at goldsilverpros.com. And at some point, if I get enough interest, we'll start talking about those businesses online. I'll give you guys some free advertising to help you out because at the end of the day, it, this benefits us all. We need our goods and supplies. We need a functioning economy. And if I can help by helping you advertise your small local business, please let me know and I'll put it out there just to help you guys out. And of course, it has to be a legitimate business. I'm not going to uh, advertise anything that I, I feel may not, you know, follow the rules. I, I don't I don't want to advertise any business that's not lawful, in other words. But I do want to advertise businesses that are mom and pops or local communities that's food-based or money-based or service-based or manufacturing-based that are goods for the economy that we need. So if you're interested, send me an email at Robert Goldstone Pro. So if you get enough interest, I'll put it out there and we'll help you. Okay, I'll, and I'll do as much as I can for you on this channel because we got to help each other. We're at the point we need to help each other or we're going to be like Portland, Oregon and having half the state voting to join Idaho. I'm sure Idaho is going, what the hell? Like, we didn't know this was going on. Idaho may get bigger, you know, and maybe uh, Oregon's only half of what it was. And maybe that happens to California as well. Think about California. Maybe the populous city centers form one part of California and the other part of California maybe aligns more with the Eastern Oregon, Idaho sort of thought process. And I think we're going to see that. And I think we're going to see that around areas like New York and Detroit and other areas that have just been hit so hard by these policies that have that are financial in nature, but don't provide value and are destroying local economies to the point that people are just sick and effing tired of it, to be honest with you. All right. Final on the poll. Would you live in Portland in its current format? 6% said yes. The other 92% said no or yes, but only with body armor. Uh, Tongue-in-cheek question. Appreciate you guys answering. Thank you so much for Peter Frowine, our mo channel moderator for Riding Shotgun, being so enthusiastic and, and uh, answering crowd questions and working with the crowd and, and being our moderator. We do appreciate that very much, Peter. And I think that's going to about do it for today, guys. Appreciate you so much being on the channel. If you want to know where we're at, go to goldsilverpros.com. You can see us now on TikTok. We just started doing that. And I'll start creating more videos on that next week. We've also got uh, the YouTube channel, which has started to grow again, which is awesome. It's really had some momentum. And our Twitter channel, I think, which has almost quadrupled in size in the last year, year plus. So we're doing pretty well with our social media. You guys can find us there. Uh, and then, of course, um, you know, I'm going to start writing again. So just a little bit of hint about something coming out. I'm going to start writing and going more in depth on some of this stuff and going to platforms in which uh, I can provide even more depth analysis than what I can here because it's a different format and it allows for that. So stay tuned for those announcements. Thank you, everybody, for joining. This has been March 7th, 2023, Cowboy Medals live stream. We broadcast from the great state of Texas and take no BS and we tell you the truth. And today's truth is what's going on in Oregon is likely to multiply to other states. And at some point in time, we're going to talk about physical security. Uh, we're going to go beyond economics, monetary security and talk about physical security and that type of thing as well. That's also a hint for you what we'll be covering in the future. Thank you so much, uh, everyone, for being on the program. This has been Rob Keens, your host. Until next time.